This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the Recruiting Trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. I want to welcome Jack Driscoll, two-year starter at Auburn at right tackle. Came from UMass. Auburn's had some success with grad transfers in recent years. And I'll tell you what, Jack Driscoll did a heck of a job for Auburn these last two years. And um, now he's facing the NFL draft where looks like he's going to get picked up. These draft projections, it's crazy. Like people got you going from like the third round to the sixth round. But I'm sure for you, you just want an opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really try to block all that stuff out because, you know, at the end of the day right now, that stuff's so subjective. And um, some people, some kids get so caught up in that and think, oh, I'm a first round, I'm a second, I'm a third. But it's like, you know what, like you are what you are. And at the end of the day, um, like you said, I just want an opportunity, whether whatever pick it is, you know, I know if you're the first pick of the draft, you have to go prove it. And, you know, that's something I'm really working on. And no matter where I go, being ready, being in shape, and ultimately, except when that time comes that, you know, there's no hesitation and I can prove that I belong. So what was the combine experience like? Um, anything surprise you? Um, you know, I always hear about just the poking and prodding those guys do, not just with their questions, but with medically, you know, testing things out if you've had previous injuries and everything. Yeah, it was, you know, I will say it's a great experience. You know, I got to meet a bunch of different guys, you know, from different schools that you wouldn't normally get to meet. And, um, you know, you're talking ball, straight ball with football guys for, you know, four straight days. So it's awesome. But yeah, no. I mean, I would say the most intensive part was the medical part is, you know, you're sitting in rooms and, you know, they're pulling on you every which way. They have a bunch of doctors running up to you, grabbing you, tugging you, yelling stuff out. And it's like, gee, and then you go right from there to the next room. It's the next group of doctors. But, um, you know, look, when they're making an investment in you for that amount of money, you know, they want to be sure they know what they're getting. So, you know, just understand it's part of the process. And, you know, thankfully, knock on wood, I've been, you know, pretty good injury-wise. So it wasn't too bad of a day for me. But um, I said it was a great experience. And, um, uh, yeah, it was great to compete against the best in the country. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but, I mean, playing along the offensive line, it's got to be one of the most injury-prone positions. Everybody wants to look at skilled players and go, oh, they tore an ACL, which is obviously devastating. But you know the offensive line, you deal with nicks and bruises, which nicks and bruises aren't exactly nicks and bruises. You're talking about strained ligaments. You're talking about partially torn ligaments and things <laughs> like that, broken fingers. Um, what is that like just as an offensive line? Give our, our listeners and, and the people watching a better idea of what it's actually like as an offensive lineman week in and week out when it comes to just those quote-unquote nicks and bruises. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, one thing is, with, you know, as you know, for being an offensive lineman, you have to be mentally, mentally and physically tough. And, you know, 
the nicks and bruises alluding to the physically part you know look that's why you know guys like coach russell are so important to get our bodies right because you know after a game on saturday you, know, you go play georgia alabama lsu you know your body feels you know you're sore you can barely get out of bed and you know it's those guys who do a great job with recovery and get us ready to go for the next week but you know it's one of those things that they always say you know football is you know so fun when you're 100 when you're 100 but the reality is you're never really 100 percent on the o-line you're always dealing with you know a little like bruise or something that's bothering you so you know it's learning to be able to play through that pain and understand it's part of the game you know it's what it's what you signed up for and you know look obviously there's a difference between being hurt and injured you know if you have a broken arm then yeah you need to go see some maybe but, you know, look, if you have a jam figure, it happens. You know, you're in the trenches and SEC West, you know, it's going to – you're going to get dinged up a little bit. When you first came to Auburn from from UMass, I mean, everybody, you know, we write, we look, we automatically look back at previous recruiting rankings and all that, like, oh, two-star Jack Driscoll, what's he going to do at Auburn? When, when was your kind of aha moment when you are at Auburn going, not only can I compete here, but I think I could be a starter? Yeah, you know, I mean, I would say my aha moment – came before, you know, at UMass when I started for two years, my first ever start was at the Swamp. You know, we mm-hmm. played five SEC teams, a couple of other Power Five teams. So, you know, I knew I belonged. And that was, you know, one of the things going down to Auburn was, you know, look, I mean, you're playing with the best guys in the country. I, I couldn't go in there thinking, oh, maybe do I belong here, you know. You know, you, I always I always figure, you know, look, I can't question myself. I have to be 100% fully confident that, you know, look, I'm here for a reason. You know, Coach J.B. Grimes, Coach Malzahn, they recruited me for a reason. So, you know, I just got to go prove it. And, um you know, like I said, I think, you know, for my redshirt freshman year, I started to kind of get that momentum, like, you know, hey, I do belong with these guys. I do belong with the best in the country. And regardless of what I was ranked coming out of high school, you know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. When you're at Auburn, I'm always wondered once guys, you know, leave campus, and obviously you're still in contact with teammates, but who who is your your best friends when you were at Auburn that you developed? Yeah, I, you know, it was great. A lot, a lot of the guys at the O-line, you know, we were a really close-knit group of guys. We have, you know, barbecues. We have, you know, everywhere we bring someone to cook out. So, by the end, I was super close with all the O-line. I still talk to them almost every day. And um, it was – I was fortunate. They, they welcomed me with open arms, and it was a great experience. And, you know, it was a great group of guys. And there was a lot of, you know, no ego, just, you know, head down, yeah. work uh, type of guys. So, I think I fit in real well, and um, they'll be lifelong friends. Who is the most annoying teammate, though? <laughs> Who's most annoying? I don't know if I have most annoying. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm pretty easy going. I pretty get along with everyone on the team, yeah. I feel like. Most colorful teammate? I will say best dress I got to give to Sal. I mean, he's with his new fashion line. I'll give him a shout out. It's pretty impressive stuff that he's doing that while training. So, you know, that's awesome for him. And I'm really pumped for his brand. I asked him if he had a, a like a big and tall section. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. And he and he goes, oh, we got some XXL. I go, dude, that's not that's not big and tall, really. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The smaller guys don't understand the difference between XXL and big and tall. Give me two XLT for me, and uh, I feel comfortable. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Sal's doing that. Um, I guess I was talking about pro day, and obviously with the coronavirus stuff going on, and a lot of this production was actually going on in China, I guess, and. He's talking about trying to have to like get everything to go and with the logistics and all that, but it looks like he's finally starting to get it started up and I'm excited for him too. His family's certainly an interesting group and nice group, uh, very warming. Um, so 
I always ask Auburn players, like when they, when they leave Auburn, you know, the locker room is kind of like a sanctuary. I mean, it's, um, you know, everybody in their lives, we all kind of have a locker room, if, even if it's not a locker room where it's mm-hmm. kind of behind closed doors, crazy stuff happens and all that. What's your most memorable memory in the locker room, whether it's after a practice or just a normal off-season day or even after a game? Yeah, you know, I have to say, I mean, it sounds obvious, but it's, you know, just after the Iron Bowl, it was, it was such a special moment. And, you know, that being senior night, last night, we'll have suited up in Jordan Hare, some of the last, you know, it was such a great memory. And, you know, it, to beat Alabama the way we did, too, it was just such, you know, it was awesome. And it was, you know, the locker room was electric. Guys were so pumped up. And I would say, you know, that has to be the best. But like you said, I mean, there's so many great locker memories, whether, you know, you're just joking around with your buddies before practice or, you know, you know, in blockers where you get to, you know, um, like really like build a lot of connections and relationships. You know, when I first got to Auburn, you know, I didn't really know many people down there. You know, a lot of kids came up in the locker room, you know, hey, you know, this, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so and whatnot. You know, it's where mm-hmm. I formed a lot of relationships and, you know, you spend so much time there, you know, kind of like the locker room is your place where you can relax. It's your space. You know, there's no coaches. There's no trainers. It's just, you know, if there needs to be a team meeting or, you know, you need to go talk to somebody, you can really do it all in the locker room. So what was the – the most challenging time for you or, or the team in the, in those two years you were there? Cause you know, every team goes through those, those lulls or moments of like, we got to check ourselves and there's players only meetings or just the guys calling around going, Hey, you got to get your stuff right, stuff straight. We can't do this or whatever. What was that moment or some moments for you guys in these last two seasons? Yeah. You know, I think one of the ones that hurt a lot was LSU 2018. You know, just we had them, we were beating them, and, you know, we're coming off a big win against Washington, and, you know, obviously the, you know, lesser game in between. But, you know, that was one of those things where, you know, afterwards we had to kind of check check each other and say, look, we still have a shot to do this. And ultimately we didn't, you know, do what we said I'd achieve. But, you know, we had to come and get, come together and say, you know, look, one loss is going to kill us, but we can't let that turn to two and three and four losses. And um, so that was one, and it was early on in my career, and I could definitely say where, you know, look, leaders you know guys like Deshaun and all them Jarrett did a great job bringing us together and saying look we need to stay together because it's one loss and you know look we should have won we were better than them but hey they beat us so you know we can't we can't complain like we they flat out beat us so um you know there's a lot you know any obviously anytime after a loss it's frustrating especially when you're you know you feel like you're better than the team so um you know there's been a lot but I would say that was the first one and you know um, I think they like I said the leaders both my years did a great job of making sure that, you know, everyone was on the same page and that, you know, you don't start pointing fingers because ultimately that's a sign of a weak team and bad chemistry. You want to kind of come together and you know, become stronger. It was the toughest SOB you ever went up against, whether it was in practice or in a game. Yeah, you know, I would probably say, you know, Derek, you know, Derek, I mean, I didn't do, go against him a ton because he was inside, but, you know, my reps against Derek, I knew I had to bring it, you know, 100%. There was no slacking off. There was no, hey, I got to, you know, go through the yeah. motions is hundred percent all the time when you go against Derek and you know, he's someone who's, you know, as you know, a tremendous player and you know, a great leader. He's a guy that's going to be, he's going to be an all-star. Don't you think? I mean, there's yeah, I, I, mean, I, have no reason to think he wouldn't be, you know, he's got all the tools, you know, he's got the work ethic and he, you know, like I said, he uses platform in a positive way and the size limit for him. So because of the coronavirus and everything, I mean, it's been the NFL shut down its team activities. You know, they can't travel. Um, sometimes, you know, they try to do private workouts with players. And 
So what's it been like for you since, uh, you know, like Auburn's Pro Day, for example? What have you been able to do and what have you been doing since then? Because as soon as Pro Day was over, it was like that next week, all this really started with the coronavirus. Yeah, it was crazy. And we were lucky that we got our Pro Day in. And, you know, um, you know, at first I thought, oh, you know, you know, no one's going to end up canceling their Pro Day. Specific. And you know, lo and behold, that, you know, they're, you know, season could be in jeopardy hopefully not but you know who knows yeah you know it's it's been weird because i was going to stay in auburn the whole time train work out with coach like different coaches were going to come and work me out you know put me on the film or put me on the whiteboard watch film so you know a lot of it has been virtual i flew back to connecticut um, i'm back with my family now and you know i just a lot of facetime and skype and um like you know zoom interviews like this you know and just making the most of the situation and understanding that you know it's hard but everyone's in the same boat so um you know, like I said, I'm just, you know, staying in shape, trying to stay ready for when that time, whoever, who knows when, you know, rookie minicamp will be or whatnot, but um, yeah. just making sure I, I stay ready. And like I said, I'm thankful for all the guys who didn't get to participate in the combine that we had pro day. Just, I'm really uh, happy that they got to showcase what they were able to do. How, how many teams you've been able to speak to just since pro day, whether it's through Zoom video conferencing or over the phone? Uh, you know, quite a bit, you know, it's, you know, some are, you know, longer than others, but, you know, I've yeah. touched, touched a lot of bases. You know, you look at analysts' uh, projections, a lot of people have you go from third to sixth round, which is a very wide gap, uh, you know, on the second, third days of the draft. But, you know, I always – not to say I laugh because these people are more experienced than me, but they, they go about, like, saying – well, you know, his arm strength's not what this is. His musculature uh, in his arms is not what it should be in all this. And, I mean, you know yourself better than anybody else. Um, when you hear or read about people talking about your strengths and then also your weaknesses, like kind of how do you, what's your kind of response in your head? Does it motivate you or do you just completely ignore it? Or do you think, wow, yeah, some you know, of this stuff's off? Yeah, I would say with the grand saw, and you know, depending on who it is, you know, if it's some random guy, you know, but you know, if that was Joe Thomas coming out and saying, "Hey, this is what you need to work on," obviously, you listen to guys who you know have been in that position before. Um, you know, I always, I always figure, you know, look, I always personally self-assess and say, "Okay, what are my weaknesses?" Because you know, I think a lot of people don't want to be honest with themselves, but at the end of the day, that's how you get better. And if you can work on those things, then you know, you're just that much more valuable. And um, you know, I think I was able to do some of that at the combine, but. It's hard because there's so much out there now with social media and, you know, mock drafts and this guy versus that guy. And he has you here and this guy has you here. It's, you know, you got to – you'll go insane if you look, look at all of it and take it to heart. So, like I said, I'll look at it a little bit, you know, maybe see what the weaknesses are. So, see it's what I can improve on. But, you know, there's some stuff I can't – if someone says I have short arms, like, I can't do anything. You know, that's something like I can't physically change. You know, I always say, you know, I'm going to be the best at the things I, I can control. You know, and all those things all – you know, no one will work harder and, you know, dedicate more time to, you know, achieving those things. But, you know, some of the stuff they knock you on, you literally have no, you know, no control over. Have all the teams you've talked to just pretty much said you're a right tackle? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's something, you know, some teams have said, you know, in, playing inside at either yeah. starter center, some have said tackle. So, you know, I'm really just trying to work on snapping and, um, you know, yeah. still work on tackle stuff and, you know, work learning the guard stuff because, you know, if I can play all five positions, I'm just that much more valuable to the team. Yeah, um, that's got to be a little bit different because, you know, you want to – I guess it's it's one thing. It's like it's almost like, you know, I guess I put it in, like, common terms for people to understand. You're, like, trying to – you're right-handed or whatever, but then you also are trying to be left-handed um, at the mm -hmm. same time um, and, and trying to do that. And it's not the first time you've had to snap because, I, you know, I remember when – 
gosh, what was that, that one practice where there were so many injuries and JB Grimes was going around going on the sideline, like who could snap when you get people to start snapping or whatever. Um, it's uh, you would think it's difficult, but that's something you can get down pat pretty quickly, especially when you're experienced as, as mm-hmm. someone as you are. Yeah, you know, it is, but I will say this too, you know, snappy on air is a little different than snapping when you got Derek Brown head up on you, you know, on third and long. So, you know, it's just something, like I said, you work on as best as you can, but until it's really live full speed, it's hard to get, you know, it's hard to really mimic what it's like. But um, like I said, I've done it before. So it's something I'm just continuing to work on and continue to improve upon. You know, that'll be nice too. In a couple of weeks where I know where I'm going, I'll have a better idea of what position they want me to play. So I can really start focusing. Is there, is there any play, are there any players out there that you could, you kind of model yourself after that you can compare yourself to, or even, some of these NFL draft folks and GMs and personnel have told you, hey, you remind us of this guy. Yeah, well, yeah, I, re- I really always loved to watch it was David Bakatari from um, Green Bay. Oh, you know, yeah. Someone who's got a similar body type, and, you know, he's, he was able to be one of the most successful left tackles in football, and, you know, he's a great player, and um, I love watching him. I love, you know, watching, hey, he's got a guy with super long arms on him. How does he beat that? What is he doing? How is, you know, what's his timing? You know, what's he looking at? And it's, you know – when you have someone like that to watch and look up to, you know, it, it's so it makes watching, you know, that much more valuable. And, you know, it's something I enjoy doing. I tape, I tape games and just, you know, I'll watch good edge matchups and see, you know, try to learn techniques from those guys. So take me back. You're at UMass and you, you realize, Hey, I want to be a grad transfer, go finish out my career elsewhere. What kind of nibbles were you getting? What schools were you hearing from at, at first? Yeah, so at first, I actually got blocked. So I wasn't able to, like, leave for about two months. So I didn't get my oh, lease yeah. until, like, early to mid-ish April. So, you know, I didn't have a ton of time. But, um, you know, a lot of teams, had, like, quickly, especially once I made it public, I was going out. I didn't post anything, but once it was made public, I went to Auburn. You know, there was, you know, Florida, Michigan. I went out to USC, UCLA, Tennessee, you know, Nebraska. Just a ton of schools in, in a very short period of time. So, um, yeah, no, there was, it was a crazy, hectic time, but I'm really happy I picked Auburn. We're seeing it more and more now with grad transfers, um, and especially in spring, because teams, uh, not to say they get desperate, but they start seeing the weaknesses that they have on their rosters, and it's late in the game. They have no way to fill it. So a lot of grad transfers, they've got a lot of power on their hands, and they got so many more options than, say, maybe even some kids coming out of high school um you know just a few months prior because as you said you know you've got you're not it's not just regional for you it's national uh when you come out as a grad transfer and it's like that for everybody it's like UCLA USC and Auburn Alabama or whatever in Florida um I, I wonder is is that when that when you start hearing from those teams is it kind of overwhelming and and how do you how did you handle that when you start hearing from those teams yeah, you know, it was, like you said, because, you know, if I would have had a few months to do the whole thing, it would have been, I could really sit back, but, you know, I got my release, like you said, early to mid-April, and I walked for graduation, you know, April 29th or 30th, so it's like, I need to be, like, figured out where I'm going by the time, so, um, you know, it was one of those things where I, you know, I put, got a list, you know, I didn't know a ton about Auburn, but I said, you know what, these are the schools I'm going to consider, because I only get to take, I only have a few weeks to do this, and, you know, if I'm trying to take visits every day, I still have to graduate and finish up strong at UMass. So um, I wanted to make sure it wasn't too much of a frenzy and a circus. And that's why I never posted until I committed to Auburn. I never posted anything on Twitter because, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, if you tweet this out, you'll get this offer. But it's like, you know, I want to go where I want, not where, like, you know, I'm mature. I've already done this before. I understand how the game works. I don't need to be chasing offers. Oh, like just because I got, you know, Alabama or Auburn or, 
LSU, you know, I need to go where it's best for me. It was his ultimate business decision. When you are a student athlete at Auburn, I've always wondered, like, what is, what is your typical day look like from the academic side and also, of course, from meetings and workouts and all that? Like, take me through a normal, like, fall day during the season. When do you wake up? When do you do this and that, go to class? And when does the day end for you and you put your head to the pillow? Yeah, so um, I'll start out, and like I said, this is like a mostly a Tuesday, like a Tuesday. We um, like first day of actual practice for the week as we're getting ready for the opponent. Uh, Sunday we'll have a walk or whatever. So Tuesday, you know, we have, I have seven forty-five a.m. lift, so I'll get up about six thirty-ish, six forty-five. You know, pack my stuff. You know, so I have all my stuff so I can shower and just go right to class. And after that, so go to the facility, get there. I always like to stretch out and roll a little bit. So you know, get down the way from about seven thirty, um, seven forty-five. Go about uh, like like 8, 15, 8.30-ish um, lift. And then, you know, I had, I had class at 9 a.m. And then I also had class at 11.30. So I'd be done by about 12.45. Um, you know, in between those classes, you know, I'd try to either watch extra film if I didn't have any work or, you know, I always like to try to bang my workout during the day. So when I get home, that time is my time. I don't need to be looking at finance videos or any of that, just, you know, straight football from there. So, uh, you know, 12.45, I'd go grab lunch on the way to the facility. Uh, eat it there, you know, go get taped. You know, I was, I'm personally, I was hit the hot tub, cold tub before practice, you know, get the body feeling right, especially later on in the year, you know, like we were talking about earlier, those, those you know, nicks and bruises start to really, you know, come up more. So uh, really making sure I'm staying on top of my body. Uh, and, you know, we, meetings will start about 2.30. And from 2.30, you know, it's about 3.30, 3.45-ish, you're in meetings. Uh, and, you know, you'll go downstairs, put your, your shoulder pads coming on and go up to practice from about 4 to like 6.15-ish. And then from 6.15, you know, go get dinner at Wellness Center, you know, at about 7-ish. Um, you know, and then you're back home by 7.40, 7, you know, 8 o'clock. And, you know, I, you know, Coach Grimes was really good always about posting corrections from, you know, the day. So I was like to go home and watch the corrections, you know, get ahead on film, watch the extra film. I really start bringing down the opponent more. So I just, you know, I'm that much more ready for Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it's long, it's long days. But, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, football is one of those sports you have to love it because if not, it's just you're not going to last. It's it's too it's too demanding. It's too grueling. So, um, yeah. you know, you got to enjoy the grind. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What was JB like as as a coach? Uh, I know he's uh, semi-retired right now and, 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 you know, kind of adjusting to that life. But what was he like in those, in those, in those times you were able to spend with him? Yeah, he was awesome. He was almost like a second father figure down south. You know, he was someone where, you know, he was, you know, you know, really a Christian man. You know, he's true to himself. And, you know, 
he was a great coach. And that was one of the reasons I picked Auburn was, you know, he, uh, he's a really, you know, big in the te uh, technique and he's a technician coach. So that was the area of my game I wanted to improve on. And, you know, Coach Grimes really sold me with that. And, um, you know, I felt like I got much better at that throughout my time with Coach Grimes. And, you know, one of the things I loved about him was, you know, whether you're a first day on campus and it was your first practice or your fifth year senior, you know, he treated everyone equal. You know, like if you're like, if he thinks you're slack or you're not, you know, doing what you need to be doing you'll hear about it, regardless if you're a captain or, like I said, you're the new guy on campus. So, um, you know, like I said, he, you know, he treated everyone the same and was a great coach, you know, and uh, he's, you know, one of a kind and you know, he's someone, you know, always be thankful for and, you know, he's made me a much better player, but also a better man. You mentioned the Iron Bowl uh, this past season, but I, want, I wanted to talk about a couple other games here real quick just to kind of get your thoughts on it, but also what, like, what was going through your head during and after. So, for example, like, the, the Music City Bowl, when you guys are just – you just jumped all over uh, <laughs> Purdue, yeah. and it's like it's not a game by, by halftime. And I kept hearing from the defensive players, Derek Brown and Mar Marlon Davidson, that, that the Purdue players were just trash-talking still, and it was just laughable to them. What do, you, what do you remember about that game? And just – I mean, it was an utter dominance. It almost seemed like that they didn't show up, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you know, you plan, like, you know, like they beat that team beat Ohio State. So, you know, we're going in there thinking, you know, look, we're in a dogfight. This is a good Big Ten team. Like, we can't go in there. If we sleepwalk, we're going to get our butts beat and send back to Auburn. So, you know, we're going in there, you know, we're focused. And, you know, it's one of those things where everything that could go right went right for us and, and then some. So, you know, we're all looking at each other. You know, we're up 21 nothing like that. And we're like, geez, like, okay, like, but in the back of your mind, you understand, you know, until, you know, once it gets to about 50 to nothing, that's when it's kind of getting things away. But, you know, look, just when you're up 21 nothing, you know, we, you know, Coach Grimes kept stressing, you know, look, we got to keep put the, you know, keep, you know, put the nail on the coffin because, you know, we can't let these guys back in the game. And uh, thankfully we didn't. And, you know, got to get some other guys reps, which was great, you know, game experience for them. But, yeah, I mean, they were talking a little trash. And I never really understood that, you know, first time not even trash. Sorry, I just let my game talk for itself. But, um, yeah, it was a weird, it was just a weird game like that when you're up that that much that quickly. They could they could not stop us. Yeah, I, have you ever been a part of a game like that? I'm sure you I probably. Have, I mean, it's a, I was like maybe high school, but that was like one of a yeah. kind of game. And what about the Outback Bowl? That was like a. I'm sure that was a very frustrating game because you guys would get moving a little bit offensively, and then it would just stall or something bad would happen, and then you know, Minnesota would hit a big play and then it's just like, man, we went from potentially scoring a touchdown here to Minnesota's doing it two plays later. And you, and you guys obviously still had a chance there late, but it just seemed like it was almost like you were stuck in mud and then you got back on grass and then you fell back down into the mud. What was going on on the field? Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, when you play, you know, it's just one of those games where it's like the harder you try, it's like it just nothing happens. You know, look, it wasn't like, you know, People ask me, hey, you know, were kids trying? It was the last one. Everyone was, you know, 10 toes in. It just sometimes that's what happens, you know. Like you said, we get something going, finally, okay, we're going to get our group, get in our group, kind of start getting, putting some points on the board, and then it's like we stall out. And it was frustrating for everyone involved, you know, especially for us to go out that way. It was really tough. And, you know, all the guys put so much work into that. And, like, I can speak especially on the offensive line. You know, everyone took it serious, and we were there to win the game, not just, you know, for something to be in Tampa. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's too bad, dude. It's too, like, that was our last ever game at Auburn. But um, it happens, you know, credit to Minnesota. You know, Coach Fleck got them ready to play. And, you know, look, they were a good team. And, you know, we knew we couldn't go in there and sleepwalk and beat them either. And, you know, look, like, show, you know, they had talent. And, 
like you said, we need to execute as well as we should have. Yeah, I know, um, you know, defensively, Jeremiah Denson was telling me that they were throwing things at them that they hadn't really seen on film and things that he hadn't really seen any team do. And then plus they had some just amazing receivers for them. And it, it was just, it was just one of those games. Um, so, you know, we're all facing this, this pandemic with the coronavirus. You say you're back home in, in Connecticut. What do your days look like right now? Like, what are you able to do training wise? Cause you know, a lot of people's former high schools and stuff are closed. Uh, I think I heard KJ Britt, uh, the a linebacker for Auburn, he was saying that he was jumping the fence to get on the high school field in his whole hometown, <laughs> but that was shut down. He quick, they quickly realized he was doing that. But so what are you doing to, to get ready for the draft? Yeah, you know, the, times like these, you know, it, you got to get creative with how you work out because, like, you know, like you said, it's hard to do, you know, no gyms are open. So, for a while, the gym I trained at Althor High School was staying open for longer than most. This is an athlete-type gym. But, you know, luckily I have a family friend. They have a squat rack and stuff in their basement. So, I just go over there every day and use that. And, um, you know, my there are some fields in my hometown that are staying open. So, you know, just doing, you know, lifting over there and then um, going over and doing all my field work and running at the field has been great. You know, I've been lucky. You know, like you said, there's some people who, I, who are in – tough situations where you're doing whatever you can just to get a run in or whatever. But, um, you know, like I said, everyone's in the same boat and, you know, you just, like I said, it's so easy now. Now's the time where, Oh, you know, I don't have to work out. I can take this off. I can, you know, maybe I don't have to run, you know, but that this is the time where, you know, you do the extra stuff and understanding that, you know, hey, other people aren't doing this. So um, the more you do now, the better off you'll be. Like I said, whenever it comes time to play again, you know, you don't want to be the guy who's, you know, sucking wind and out of shape. Yeah. It just looks bad. So, I was trying to get my body mentally and physically prepared for when that time comes. When you've talked to teams, you don't have to mention the team, but what, what are some of the weirdest questions you've received? <laughs> you know, my friends have asked me, I personally haven't really gotten any weird ones. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no, it's been pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. You know, like, what are you doing in your free time? Just stuff like that. You know, I haven't gotten the classic, you know, weird, you know, typical ones. So, yeah, n nothing really out of the ordinary, I can say. That's good. Yeah, that's just some weird stuff. They, I think there's more or less they're trying to see your reaction uh, yeah. than your answer. That's, yeah, that's like the combine. The whole thing is, and, you know, going talking to guys who have been there before is, you know, understanding, you know, that they might try to provoke you or they might say something, you know, they're not trying like, – they don't really – they're not actually being, you know, a jerk. It's just they're trying to see how you react to that situation. So understanding that, you know, you're being watched at everything you do. So, you know, just have to be yeah. professional and everything. When draft night and draft nights uh, come, I'm, I'm sure you're going to stay home in Connecticut and just watch it on TV and wait for the phone call. You're going to have any family over or friends? What, what's kind of the plan? No, I'm just, just my family, you know, especially with the whole pandemic. You just want to yeah. stay safe and, you know, encourage everyone to do the same. But, you know, look, I'm also someone too, you know, I don't want a ton of people around me. You know, it's, it's a nervous, you know, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things I'll yeah. be nervous. You know, it's like, anticipation you know this is like, like you said it's, it's just to change my life so you know it's something that you know I just want to be myself or my family and you know um, just a small circle and you know like you know celebrate afterwards but you know I don't want to put anyone else's life in danger and um, you know, I have a lot to go look forward to too so I don't want to get sick either so have, have you heard anything from like NFL personnel or even through the grapevine like okay you get drafted and you know obviously there's OTAs and stuff like that but no one knows what's going on at least publicly at, how do you approach things after the draft, you know? It's hard, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, you know, normally, I'm, you know, I always like to build out a structure plan. Like, okay, I have six weeks to till, you know, 
training camp starts. So, you know, I'm going to build out and do this each week. And then, so it's hard, you know, we really don't know when that's going to be. It could be in two months. It could be July. It could be August. So, you know, it's kind of a guessing game. I, you know, I've heard everything from you, like, you know, Kirk Herbstreit saying the season's going to be canceled to people saying it's starting on time and everything's going to be normal in every game between. So, you know, you know, I think everyone's just as, you know, in the dark, you know, and no one really truly knows what's going to go down. So it's kind of a waiting game. I asked this of all players, but uh, is Gus Malzahn just weird, or it, is does is there a is he is there two personas that he's like trying to hide or something? You know, he's kind of got two personas. I mean, he's like when he's like in the football mode, he is you know straight X's and O's in football. But you know, a lot of people and uh, you know unless you really get to know him, he's you know, he's a great guy outside of football. You know, is he was someone I felt comfortable playing for, not just because he's a great coach, but you know just because he's a great family man, you know, I, I thought he was a great leader and he is a great leader. So, um, yeah, you know, he gets so, you know, he's, he's different. That's one of the things I respect about him too, is he's true to himself. You know, like he doesn't swear, you know, out of, you know, every other coach who swears, you know, it's easy for him to have you know, caved in by now, but he's true to himself and he believes, you know, it's gotten him this far from a high school coach in Arkansas to, you know, the head football coach at one of the best schools in all of college football. So, yeah, he's a great guy, you know, he's a little quirky sometimes, but, you know, Great, dude. Does it get weird, like uh, you, if you're in close proximity and, like, say, JB or or someone else says, you know, a, a cuss word or whatever, and Gus is standing there? Does everybody like look at Gus to see how he reacts? Or I mean, some of it just rolls off Gus's ma- uh, back because he knows how it is. Yeah, no, I think he, he knows the environment. You know, college football coaches can be a little bit comical at times, and I think he's aware of that. That you know, different coaches have their different philosophies, and I will say, you know, he, he does, you know encourage you know coaches to swear less which is great you know um but yeah i think he understands also it's it's sec college football there's gonna be some you know some language use i don't know if you've ever seen i have to send you the video it was before the 2013 iron bowl you know before the kick six game and uh bo jackson was like the honorary captain he gave a pregame speech and he was just talking about gus malzahn how he was the best coach in america but he was doing with colorful <laughs> Uh, language he was saying he's the best mf'er and this and that and you can see gus in the background and as soon as he starts cussing gus just starts downing water like uh, <laughs> it was like a moment from the office or whatever it's hilarious trying to play it cool yeah we went from the outhouse to the penthouse <laughs> mr bo jackson gonna <laughs> when this man came here and he whipped everybody in shape. I know there was a lot of you that said, oh, this guy, no. But let me tell you what he... <laughs> this guy right here got one of the smartest minds in college. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to take away from your time uh, at Auburn? I know it's quote unquote only two years and you've been at UMass and, and now Auburn before you go to the NFL, but what do you take away from Auburn? What do you remember most? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm really thankful for the two years I've spent here. You know, it's really changed my life and I've, you know, been introduced to so many great people and met a lot of lifelong friends and, you know, I've become a better man from being down here. You know, I mean, the whole Auburn family thing's true. You know, I know like even my friends from the NBA cohort, you know, still reaching out and, you know, asking if I ever need anything and vice versa, you know, like I'm always there for them and all the players know that too. And, still talking to those guys almost every day. So, you know, it, it's been a great experience, you know, getting to, you know, be a part of something special and, you know, one of the best schools in all college football um, is something I could only dreamed of. And, um, 
like you said, you know, just guys like Coach Grimes who really touched my life in a positive way and, you know, really made me, you know, a better player. And, you know, and I wouldn't be here without him or Coach Malzahn. So, you know, I'm really just thankful for those two years I've spent. And, I would, like I said, I wouldn't have changed a thing. So are you playing video games to kind of pass the time? What do you do when you're not working out? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm an I'm a avid reader. I really like to read. So um, do a lot of that. Uh, you know, hang what out. What are you reading? Months. What are you reading? So I just finished. Um, I've just finished three books in the past like week and a half. I finished uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. A great book. Highly recommend. I uh, read "Bringing Down the House" about the MIT card counting scandal. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And then I also read um, "Make Your Bed." It's you know a quick book, but it's um, uh, really famous. Like it commences a speech from Texas. I got turned into a book. Um, so yeah, I just like to read you know stuff like nonfiction. Or, I mean. Yeah, nonfiction, just stuff, you know, I can always take something from and, you know, ultimately uh, try to improve and, you know, work on a little thing here and there. That's cool. I thought you were going to say I've been playing Madden and NBA 2K. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I play just, a little, but I'm not, I'm just not a huge video game guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like addicted to modern warfare right now. <laughs> um, I have a lot of friends who are too, so. Yeah, whenever the baby goes to bed, I'm like, I'm gonna play this for a couple of hours. I'm gonna go. That's your time, though. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Jack, thanks so much for joining us. It's great catching up with you. Um, I want you to stay safe, obviously, stay healthy. I hope everything's going well with the family. Is everything going okay with the family? Do you know anybody that's been impacted by all this? I have several friends who have, like, friends, uh, families who have been. So, like I said, it was, you know, Thoughts and prayers to everyone out there who's been affected, and you know, yeah. everyone's got to keep doing their part to stay safe. Yeah, man, uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, just be smart, everybody. Just be smart mm -hmm. with it, and it's going to get back to normal at some point. That's exactly. the big thing. That's the big thing. Uh, Jack, mm -hmm. appreciate you, man. It was a pleasure to get to cover you while you were at Auburn, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do at the next level in the NFL. And uh, I'm excited to watch. I'm sure just as you are. Uh, when the draft starts on April 23rd and going through the 24th and 25th uh, to see where you land. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I can't wait to see where you go. Yeah, appreciate everything you do for us as well. It means a lot. All right. Thanks, Jack. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.